Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. The Around the NFL podcast is on a highway to hell. Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL, the podcast. I'm Dan Hansis. I'm here in a virtual room filled with a couple of heroes, Greg Rosenthal from Englewood, Mark Sessler from Hollywood, and we are here to talk about another double Monday night and get you caught up on the news. Mark, let's start with the good news, separate from the news, which is uh, we are done with the double Monday night. The double chamber, the double shotgun, it, it, it's over, Johnny, and I, for one, am very happy about it as well because I was having a similar vibe to you. It's like, I'm done with this. I hate this two-screen experience, and now we're done for a bit. We are, and like, um, you know, I think if you've been listening to previous episodes, um, I was confronted about um, my behavior a week ago and my text behavior with the two of you. I hope that tonight uh, was an example that I can learn from those kinds of conversations. I don't believe I reached out to you. Well, the Browns weren't would... playing. You, uh... <laughs> you did have some complaints about the announcers, uh, but that, that was minor. And uh, there, we are late. getting a doubleheader, I believe, week 14. Uh, so, Mark, we've had a discussion, and you're actually covering both of those games solo. Weird. Let's see if I'm still here in week 14. That's, that's, that's that your penalty for your uh, Kaiser Soze routine in uh, week three. Double <laughs> okay. Monday night bang sesh. Um, yes. Uh, so we had a, an important game uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, who staring down the barrel themselves of 0-3 and the prospect of Joe Burrow not even playing this game. But Joe, Joe Burrow did play on Monday Night Football against the Rams. Let's head to Paycor. Aaron Donald took a few plays off. He is now back in the game on second and six. Mixon makes a cut. Joe Mixon! Tonight's first touchdown, and the Bengals go on top. setting up the run and Mixon from 14 yards out puts Cincinnati on top no one said it was going to be easy for the Cincinnati Bengals who have an obviously compromised quarterback with Joe Burrow nursing that calf injury that will not go away but Burrow did make it through four quarters of this game he said afterwards that he got out of it unscathed without any setbacks who knows if that's the truth but what we do know is that he played four quarters Joe Mixon scored that go-ahead touchdown, and the defense did the rest with a little help from Evan McPherson, their studly kicker, and a 19-16 win over the L.A. Rams. Uh, A game, Mark Sessler, that wasn't high on action um, as really both offenses struggled uh, mightily uh, through this night, but it was the Bengals that just made more plays in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we've been waiting 
uh, for two plus weeks to kind of see this offense look like it has for the past two seasons. And when they were down nine to six um, and went in for a touchdown, it was like they finally, you kind of saw Jamar Chase, who they moved around a lot, get active, T. Higgins, um, Joe Mixon in the ground game finally heated up. And the offensive line did a pretty good job in this one. But I mean, yeah, I know the whole story is Joe Burrow. And like, I, I thought his, his throws were really affected tonight uh, in general. Like he can say he's, he's not affected by this calf injury. It's like, I think we all saw a, a quarterback. We've seen him before minus a calf injury. And like, I, I, saw, I thought his throws were definitely affected by it. And like, he looked I don't think he said he was not affected uh, just for the record. He said didn't he come didn't out of the game with yeah. like it worse. Yeah. Sure. But like, it, there's no doubt that it limited kind of who he is and what he can do. Um, but they found their way out of it. But I mean, the Bengals, it's like, it was kind of a, a total team thing. Like what they did to the Rams with their defense, with Trey Hendrickson, with Logan Wilson, it's like, these guys just stepped up and shut down a Rams attack that was, I think, one for 11 on third down and one for four in the red zone. It's like it took the whole team to get out of this slump. And it's like I think the offense can grow, but it's like this version of Joe Burrow um, can't be the guy that we that we know. Can it, is it going to get better? Hopefully. Can it get worse? It can get worse because it's like a calf injury. There was one moment tonight where I thought he got hit and it looked like I thought he – might have re-aggravated it, no matter what he says. Like it just looked uncomfortable. Um, but they got, they escaped it with a win. I, I guess you don't ask too many questions after that. Well, I, I'm, I'm asking questions because what they did tonight is unsustainable. It was also like two things can be true. That was not uh, a Joe Burrow that can win enough games for them to matter this year tonight. Their their offense was too limited. They couldn't have him under center, which limits the running game too. I think Joe Mixon looked good, but like he's out of shotgun all game. So it, it just messes with the running game. He clearly can't move outside the pocket. Like he, he wasn't accurate, uh, but they found a way to win. I think that's true. And he has to be better or else they're not going to go anywhere. But it was also a championship level performance as a team. The best players on the team were all on defense. I think DJ reader made one of the biggest plays of the game when he sacked Matthew Stafford on first down when they were on the goal line right at the beginning of the game after they overturned a 2-2 Atwell touchdown. And that just set the tone of defensive players stepping up and making huge plays. Trey Hendrickson, you mentioned, just beating on the Rams' backup left tackle in the second half. Dax Hill made huge plays at safety. Logan Wilson with those interceptions. And they just kept holding the fort, holding the fort. And the Rams should have been ahead by much more at halftime. And they weren't. And they held it just enough for Jamar Chase to show up, for Mixon to show up, and Burrow just to do just enough. I didn't come out of the game, though, feeling like they solved anything on offense because even after that touchdown drive, they have an interception, they get a short field, they don't do anything with it, and then they kick the ball back to the the Rams. It's not like they solve things. They just problem solve for this week, and if you're a Bengals fan, and Nick Wesseling was at the game with his wife, Steph, like you're just hoping, okay, Maybe next week is a little bit better and we can keep solving our schedules a little soft and we can just survive this part of the season until it gets better. Exactly. And, you know, that's why I locked up the Bengals. And Good job. Even though Good I sweated block. out a little bit. The reason I did lock them out is I just lock them up. I just did not foresee a scenario. And I know the coaching staff has been t- catching heat on this podcast um, that this team, this battle-tested team, was not going to find a way in this game, even if they aren't themselves. And that's exactly how the game played out, where Burrow, the real risk on the lock side was that he was either not going to play or B, make it through a quarter and then come out of the game, and then I'm banged in a big spot. But once he was able to just manage it and the game plan, and now while it's not an exciting game plan to watch, and quite frankly, it's kind of sad to watch this version of Joe Burrow because he's such a dynamic, exciting player who challenges defense and can move when necessary, and all that stuff is thrown out the window. Just being in the game flow, and then when it was money time in the second half, Burrow, because he carries himself in a different way than many quarterbacks, he carries himself like the great ones, where when it's time to go make a play, when it's time to go get that big drive, he will hit the throws, and I thought the big pass on uh, a nice little play call that uh, showed patience uh, both by Jamar Chase and Burrow hitting that big gainer that that was the big the I think that went for 43, and that set up the mix and touchdown. That was it. They just kind of needed one big time drive, and then because this is a team with championship medal, I believe the rest of the guys take, took it home, led by, like I said, Trey Hendrickson. Like I said, Evan McPherson, who had a monster game for a mm. kicker on a day where his uh, the offense needed like help. 
here's the kicker just smoking 50 plus yard bombs throughout the night and they did it as a team and i think it really portends well for them not mm. i agree with you that this version of the Bengals is not sustainable down the line but during this very vulnerable time for them just kind of checking off and getting these wins it will be huge for them if burrow can actually get healthy in time it's hard to imagine them suddenly taking a leap between now and, and next week so I, i'm with you greg in the sense that like I don't know how you eke out wins like this because what they got on defense was special tonight. Well, they just like, did think, it. Huh? They just did it. Like, this is how they have to do it. Well, it's got to yeah, be a you played, team sorry, effort. Yeah, but you played the Rams. Like, I'm not sure you're going to beat other teams necessarily. All right, counter way. that, Mark. Here we go. Up next, at Tennessee, at Arizona, Tennessee's home, good defense. I, I, yeah, I don't he, love, here, I don't here's love the, it. Here's where I would push back just slightly because I'm with you. The, the offense has to improve, but can – can they just muddle through and the defense carries them for a few weeks and win enough of these games? I think it's it's possible because, yes, it's just the Rams, and I think some things showed up today that we expected coming into the season. Like when the Rams were in catch-up mode and they're just counting on one-on-ones to 2-2 two -two Atwell, it felt like, man, this is you're just hoping upon hope. But the Rams were more physical than the 49ers literally last week. They put up almost 400 yards against the 49ers last week. They put up 30 points on the Seahawks. So this was a championship-level defensive performance. Yeah, but that Greg, was what I, Greg that three was minutes ago, me. you said it's not sustainable. Right. For so the, what, what, the, what are you saying? Because I'd say I'm, a, I'm sort of saying, like, this version of the Bengals' offense is not going to win 12 games for them. And I think no. he, he could heal by then and be better, but he could also re-aggravate this. It's like the ver he – I don't think he really had a real rollout – until like deep third quarter. Like we're not seeing a quarterback that's functional. He's in the pocket and like sailing throws because of his lower body situation. It's like, that's not, teams are, teams are going to find a way to target that and make, make more of it than the Rams did tonight. And they came close to extinguishing the Bengals. This was a tight one. Right. I, I agree with that because the Rams defense, as hard as they played early and look, they only gave up six points in the first half. They forced four punt, punts. They're one of the most undermanned, under-talented defenses in the league. Aaron Donald kind of had a, a, a back to being Aaron Donald dominant night. But other than that, they're just, they're just trying out there, and they're going to play much better competition uh, in terms of the defenses that they face. It was a weird game for their offense because you saw – I'm talking about the Rams now. You saw um, how they've really now found a role in, uh, for Tutu Atwell. He made a couple of big plays in this game. Um Puka Nakua once again had um, his share of action, a little quieter in this game, but had a big catch near the end that made the game interesting in the final minutes, or close to interesting. I wouldn't call this game interesting. Uh, and you will, of course, get Cooper Cup back in a few weeks. I think on the Rams side, it's a frustrating night, but I also think it's, again, you, I don't, I do not like being put in this position that the Rams were put in, where you're going on the road in prime time against a, a proud like battle-tested team like Cincinnati that needs the win and while you're frustrated that the offense didn't like come to play today because if they played just a little bit better Cincinnati being as vulnerable as they are with Burrow right now they could steal this game and then you're feeling totally different about the Rams uh, I still think this offense is going to have more better days than bad days but just a tough one against the defense that really gave them fits especially with the pass rush yeah, I think this was a big game and a missed opportunity, though, for them, just in terms of the type of season that they want to have. This would have been one they could feel like they stole. Like when they looked at the schedule early in the season, you wouldn't have expected them to have it. And they're built on this offense being a top 10 offense and the defense being good enough. And today the defense was good enough for them and their number one side uh, didn't show up enough. They did, They weren't consistent with the running game. And they've got a winnable game next week with Indianapolis. But if you look at the schedule after that, and I've talked to some people, it's like it gets tougher. And they are going to be a team that if they happen to be under 500 when they get to the trade deadline, there might be decisions. And if they had won this game and you start, if you get off to a three and one start, that conversation kind of goes out the window. So that, that's just something to watch for them. And I do think McVeigh, tell me if I'm crazy, was McVeigh's game management driving you guys crazy? I know I'm game management guy. But it's like I've just been seeing this stuff for five or six years, and he drives me—he drives me crazy with the conservatism. Am I crazy? Mm. Like you know, what? you don't think that you don't connect McVeigh with a conservative streak, but you do see that there were just even beyond the game, the play calling. I'd like to hear what you're thinking, but even that last drive when you know they they need ten, and 
you, you had the com- a big completion to Higby down the sideline with three and a half minutes to go, and he doesn't go out of bounds. And I'm yep. just like, and then uh, shortly after that, I think it was Atwell. He he cuts back in instead of just stepping out. And I'm like, guys, like we need, we're gonna need this 90 seconds. Like, what are we, what are we doing? So a little scattered on that side of it too. Yeah, he punted on fourth and five with six and a half minutes to go. And at that point, they were down 10. That's basically saying game over because the best you can hope for is to get the ball back with like around three minutes to go, which is what happened. And they had only one timeout. So you combine that with the fact that they had blown those timeouts. And McVay always does this because he doesn't want to take a delay a game. And they blew two timeouts like that. And they it's just happened for five or six straight years. And like after each of those timeouts where he didn't want to take the delay game, they got sacked and punted the ball away. Like it didn't matter. You need those timeouts. And then you combine that with like running on third and 15, a couple, like two different times. And he's always been like that. He has this weird conservative streak. And I think with this team, he's going to need to be, have the game management stuff just a little locked closer. Cause they're not, ex- they're not explosive enough to, to make up for stuff like that. It's not I don't in know the world why it of- annoys me like that. Yeah, it's not in the world of Josh McDaniels kicking the field goal last night in that absurd situation, but it's like, if you're going to punt in that place, you've got to have enough confidence that you're going to get the ball back in your team, your offense, and know your offense well enough that like they can go score the touchdown, not continue to chip away, and it's like, that was an odd call. Um, I, I'm not as down on McVeigh as you are, Greg, on that front, but uh, it's, I guess it's just not how he's characterized to me. Seems, he seems to me, if anything, innovative and, and, and aggressive in he other is, ways. He but. is in a lot of ways, and they're playing hard. I don't think he's doing a bad job or anything like that. I think you found some limitations tonight, though, especially with the offensive line injuries. They lost two uh, offensive linemen, including their left tackle during the game. Mm. Uh, anything else on this game, boys? I just think, I think that the the Bengals were lucky to even get Lou Anarumo back this season. It's 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 just because I think there's not, we're in a wave where defensive coordinators aren't getting hired as head coaches as much. But it's like 14 more games, he's getting a job. So it's like make the most of it. Yeah, and it was kind of a signature Jamar Chase game to go 12 for 141 on a night where the passing offense only had what 242 net yards. I mean that's a big time game. It's the old squeaky wheel. Uh, gets the grease. He, he showed up in a big spot. He, like he he carried the offense. They weren't going to win without Jamar Chase. Yeah, I was going to say that you needed Chase. You needed again. Burrow can't carry the team right now, and he's going to carry the team in their best moments. But right now, he needs help. Can't put everything on his back. And there was Jamar making plays. T Higgins, like join us amongst the living. I know he had two touchdowns last week, but that's two <laughs> out of three weeks. I think he had two catches on seven targets today. Had a, a terrible drop, drop too. I mean, Couple of hey, bud, this is your free agent year, so let's 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 pick it up a little bit, help out your gimpy quarterback, and um, everybody will win in the end. Congrats to to Nick Wesseling in the crowd. He was given scouting reports that Joe Mixon looks good. I agree, Joe Mixon does look good this year, and he was saying that that Higgins especially was getting open deep. See, we couldn't see that, uh, but that Burrow was just kind of checking it down or not giving those chances or just getting rid of the ball too quickly. So good scouting from Nick. Good job by you, Nick Wessling, after your 50-point lock uh, with the Dolphins. Everything is coming up, Wessling, in the biggest of all spots. Let's move to the first Monday Night Football game played. Where was that game played? It's it's a forgettable. You would remember if it was in Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, it was uh, the Eagles' win in Tampa. Let's talk about it. Fourth down and goal, and they try and will likely try again. Pinch me. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they don't come back and run the, <laughs> run the exact same play. There's however many people this stadium holds, they're all expecting the same thing again, too. Hurts took it in. No signal. He's in. Wow. Pinch me. <laughs> I mean, enough. I, and I, it's like... The, t- the tush push or whatever. It's like, oh, well, if you don't like it, well, then maybe somebody should stop it. Shut up. Enough. Well, then it's don't not complain about it. No, it's like, hey, man, listen, you don't like the play? Well, maybe uh, everyone would do it then if it was <laughs> something that was so easy. Why like, is everyone's that? Everyone's is- so hoity-toity about this guy. But then don't play. complain about it. Just, just because keep Because I don't shut. like it. I don't think it's fun. There's a reason I don't watch rugby, Rosenthal. This is American football. 
Okay, but they no scheme. Make, I, I'm, I totally agree with your aesthetic uh, objections and your enjoyment, but don't say that they should outlaw it and that that everyone can do it. Nobody else what? can do it. They, they're trying Fo to do it and they can't do it. Football quietly, despite maybe uh, the the thirty thousand foot view that it's like it's like lughead game played by cavemen. Like it's a very intellectual game, football, and you have to outthink the opponent, unless. It, we go back to caveman times when the Eagles have it at the one yard line. Enough. Maybe they I don't get, know. What, like, go, what go does watch, the rules like, committee actually do? They kind of stay outthought the hotels. opponents, though, by coming up with this. No one else can do it. Go watch week one. Like, Steichen tried it with Anthony Richardson, totally stuffed. It's not an automatic play. Like, the Eagles are doing so it a low. little differently. How are you going to stop that? He gets so low. Enough. I don't, but, like, why is why why are you, you suddenly become this character from, like, the central Bronx? Like, it's, uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can get that low. Oh, Insane. Like, wow, fascinating. Whatever. All right. So the Eagles take care of business. <laughs> as Dan you knew is like they such would. a patented anti-intellectual. He's just like he gets on these things where he just like who's actually saying that anywhere? <laughs> what? <laughs> saying what? I don't know. This Bronx who's guy saying that they get so low or whatever that they love it. <laughs> Why are you upset about this, Mark? I'm not upset. I just think why it's can't like, I have an opinion that differs from yours? You have many that differ from mine, and I have literally no control over anything that happens anywhere on this show. So, like, I you are allowed to have as many opinions as you wish. Like, that's never been an issue for you. Is that okay with you? Can I go on? Sure. All right. Thank you, Mark. Here we go. Let's get into the game. The Eagles take care of business in pretty uh, in a walk. Um, final score. 25-11 uh, over the Buccaneers, a game that they pretty much controlled uh, throughout. Jalen Hurts uh, does do the tush push, and the uh, Eagles with, again, DeAndre Swift, which is another big find, uh, Mark. They run all over the Bucs who can't get anything going on their side of the ball in offense. I like, yeah, I know the Eagles a week ago, we were waiting for them to kind of warm up after a, a shaky week one, but I, I'm looking at a team that a, a week ago had the ball for essentially 40 minutes on offense. They had it for 39 minutes tonight. They've run the ball for 460 yards over the past two weeks. They out yardage the Bucks 472 to 174. They had 27 first downs. They were 10 for 16 on third down, which is wild. DeAndre Swift in the entire backfield costs less money than Dalvin Cook. The Eagles are well put together. I think they're heating up. We started to see A.J. Brown get involved. Um, it was a complete domination down the stretch of a Bucks team that I find, you know, solid but largely fraudulent uh, on offense at least. And this Eagles team, I think it's like we're just starting to see, like, if, the, if this was like kind of a growth game for the Bengals, like the Eagles to me on the ground, I, they have a way to go, but like their ability to dominate control the clock and just take the other team's offense out of the game and tire the opposing defense two weeks in a row. They just had their way at the end of the games. And so I, I love what they're doing right now. And like, this is my kind of team to watch. They're dominated on both sides of the ball on the line. I mean, the, the Bucks ended up with 172 yards. This was the classic and Dan, you called it classic example of a two and O team that really wasn't two and O like just smacking their face against the wall and just, proving that they didn't belong with a team like the Eagles. And I, and I was surprised because I think coming into this game, the Eagles had struggled. But from from the 50-foot view, as they like to say, it's like, man, the Eagles are winning these games by two scores, and it doesn't feel like Jalen Hurts is playing that well yet, and like that they have some things that they can work on, that they're that good. And I, I don't think these September games matter that much in the scheme of things. You know, going into this week, it's like, oh, the Cowboys, they're looking great. Like, they're now the Super Bowl favorites and not the Eagles. Like, none of this September football is going to matter in January except for the standings. But the fact that the Eagles can work out issues and just, like, win by two scores comfortably when it doesn't feel like they're even playing their best and they practically triple the Bucks in total yards, I, I do think that's a little scary for the rest of the, of the NFC when you're looking at all these players on the roster. I think it's one of the more overblown subplots of the first two weeks is what's wrong with the Eagles on offense. Right. Because while, yes, Jalen Hurts hasn't been as locked in, um, they are running the ball maybe better than ever. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they are doing enough in the passing game right now. It's not like they're doing nothing in the passing game. They're just not locked in. And you're right. Like if they if Hertz does lock in and I think it's more likely he does uh, than he doesn't. And he starts, you know, getting uh, more and more active with his legs as well. This this is, team is going to be look just every bit as scary as they were last year. Uh, and, and they will rival the Dolphins when you talk about offenses that you don't want to see on the field. So, yeah, despite all the hand wringing. They're three and zero, and this game against ostensibly, you know, or not ostensibly, they're just another undefeated team, quote unquote. It wasn't even close. So, you're, if you're an Eagles fan, you're feeling pretty hot right now. It's crazy how good their lines are. I mean, that's it's been the whole magic magic potion for this organization rebuilding itself after Carson Wentz. How they built it up with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles was just like. We're going to spend all our money and all our resources possible on the offensive line and the defensive line. And then everything else will just look better because of that. And we can figure things out because of that. And they mashed him. DeAndre Swift looks like a different player right now. 16 for 130. And it's not just the offensive line because Gainwell wasn't really getting it done tonight. He looks... He looks like he's on uh he's in Mario Kart and he hits the oil slick or something. He just, when he goes forward it's just like foo. I, I love me some he lost. Swift right now. He, oh, I thought you were talking about Gainwell. Gainwell lost that job <laughs> and Swift, I don't know, like Mark the the Lions had there were moments in his Lions career where it looked like it was just about to click. I'm I'm not surprised. I I'm obviously he's played like the best running back in the league the last two weeks, but you, you kind of felt this was always in him. And now he's in a, a perfect spot. I would, you know, you get to the point now where you wouldn't be surprised if this guy's near the top of the league and rushing at the end of the season. Like he is set up beautifully here. Mm. He's in a better environment. Um, although the lions have a good line too, but I think he's healthy. Like I think there were, Deandre Swift was battling a lot of injury stuff in other seasons too. And uh, I thought that the lions like backfield reinvention this off season was a little mysterious to me. Uh, they kind of, had it going on last year with Williams and Swift. I'm like, they, he looks great in Philadelphia. And it's like, I'm with you, Dan, that they, like we took one week's worth of Eagles offense and kind of like it became a talking point. But I do think that you're not getting, I think we came into the season thinking like Jalen Hurts is an MVP, an MVP candidate. And so it's like, he's been a tick below or the offense on that, the passing game has been a tick below. We haven't seen quite like the performances on the ground from him. All of that can come. I mean, when you're dominating teams this way, it's like, you're going to win 11 or 12 of your first 13 or 14 games and be like and what we just saw from the Cowboys. It's like to find a better team in the NFC right now for me than the Eagles. If this is the, sort of their hmm. B minus B performance. Well, 49ers. Nice little lock there by sure, uh, 49ers. Yeah, I locked up the Eagles. Uh, you know, it's not wasn't the most heroic thing on the planet. Well, exactly. I was I was staring down. I'm talking about a wounded. You thought Mark was mad at, at me before. Just imagine if his if his lock didn't come through. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I I am not. I'm trying to be uh, impartial here. I don't think he was mad at you. I think he's just having you know having a little. Called fun. me an anti-intellectual Give, because the, I don't no, like the the. I just the asked butt why push. he's always from Central Bronx or like one of the boroughs. Like, I I think maybe because you said you like this Eagles team so much, maybe you took it a little personally. Mm. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to uh, upset you though, I, and I apologize. I'm not if, upset. If, if like I, I think we've moved. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to have fun out here. It's a Monday night where the games weren't too juicy. I don't really care about the butt push. It at is. All. It is ironic though. It's like this intellectual team, and they've got uh, you know, their whole analytics department, uh, run by you know Ivy League graduate Alec Hallaby and whatnot. But like, what does it come down to? They're the big. They're the big rugged men who are just running the ball one yard, and they. <laughs> get all the expensive 300 pound linemen on both sides of the ball that that's what the intellectuals say is to get well i don't like intellectuals you know i don't i don't i prefer to shut them out i mean suspicious of them it's another week with jalen carter and jordan davis you guys give give me something on the bucks here i mean baker uh i wouldn't say it was a disastrous game for baker but it was not a it 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 was a big come down to earth i thought it was actually this was not the outcome that I was expecting. I thought either we were going to get one of two things, which was either the epic Baker flame out game where he has like five turnovers and he just can't stop just throwing it up for grabs. And we didn't quite get that. Uh, and we didn't get the other one, which would have made this game a little more juicy, which is him uh, playing with a lot of bravado and, and completing a bunch of passes. Although it started out a little bit more exciting than it ended. So when I, I think this, this morning, is probably pretty dangerous. I feel like this is probably more, not really, uh, more in line with the Baker that will get week to week, um, and that's not going to be good enough for this team. I hated the, like the Rashad White 
safety in the end zone. Terrible play call. What are we doing? Like in general, like there's been pretty good play calling for the Bucks with a first time, a guy doing it for the first time in Canales. But like, I don't know if Baker's floor is like, I'm going to go throw five picks, but it, it, it is what it was tonight. They had their lowest first half yardage since, you know, 2020. And like, they looked like it and they looked punchless. And it's like, this has always looked, I always thought it was sort of like a seven win team. And I, I think that the two and oh start mm. was a bit fraudulent. That would, that would, that would get there over. And they asked, you know, Bowles about the running game afterwards. And he basically just said it didn't show up like what running game. So, uh, they've struggled to run the ball. They're not a complete team. Mike Evans, uh, look good again, but this, this defensive front with Carter and, and, uh, Davis and Fletcher Cox is playing better. He, you know, he, he hasn't really been Fletcher Cox the last couple of years, but he started out this season, uh, playing quite well. So you just like, you gotta, you gotta watch them and, and see, you know, like these veterans, you just assume they're the same year after year, but he seems to be reversing the aging process at least, at least early in September. And I, I, if I'm like, if I'm in the NFC, mm-hmm. you know, we got to be smarter about, you know, keeping our tabs on the Eagles here. You know, we talked about like Seattle passing on Jalen Carter in the draft, and then he falls to the Eagles. <laughs> and then you have DeAndre Swift. Like, you got you to gotta make sure he doesn't end up back in his hometown making $1.5 million in salary, like potentially leading the league in all-purpose yards. Or something crazy like that. Like this, you have to. You, I feel like they're so run so well that just kind of keep better tabs on the Eagles because they're going to keep boat racing the conference if they are able to add these guys to an already loaded roster. I agree. I, agree. I, I definitely think uh, if Hertz starts playing better, like he made a bad decision in the red zone early on on a fourth down that ended up a turnover on downs. He probably should have. Uh, kept the ball and he handed it off and then he had two interceptions one where he's just hanging in the pocket forever forever and enforces it and he made a nice throw in a similar situation to Zacchaeus earlier uh but a couple interceptions in this game like a couple wonky decisions like his pff grade for what it's worth i bet will not be great tomorrow it's gonna be he's been middle of the pack for for three straight weeks and yet their offense is still awesome Although, you know, A.J. Brown sticking it to your fantasy team. On an otherwise good day, uh, Clanks went off his hands in the end zone, Greggy. Um, that would have made the stat line look nicer. Uh, he would have had three total touchdowns and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah. Come on, A.J. Make that catch. I mean, he had he had a nice night in the he end. He had a nice night. Nine for one, 131. See, on that one, I want Hurts to just – a little more touch, you know, was, there was a defender there, but a little more touch. Don't make him jump. If, if, if that's the one I'm thinking of, there was a and then the other the play, end. the other play that, that just seems like they're toying <laughs> with their opponents. The other play where it looked like they're going to just to bring it full circle here. They're like, Oh, we're going to do the tush push again. Isn't this cute? And then they all cloud up and then they kind of, it's a fake and they, and they pull out and Jalen gets caught up with his feet uh, and uh, he falls and the play gets busted up like they're just messing around they're just having fun i think they could have scored uh, the runway and uh, the, the regular way and troy aikman pointed that out he's like yeah i'd keep that one in in the back pocket uh i don't think i don't think you need that didn't need to use Never, it against the bucks tonight you definitely don't want to pull out of the tush push ah. <laughs> all right anything else on this game all right let's take a break and when we get back we get you caught up on the news Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my day, <laughs> All right, welcome back. Let's get to the news. We've got a lot of news to get to on this Monday night here in Southern California. Let's start with bad news for one of the Southern California teams. The Los Angeles Chargers will be without the services of Mike Williams for the balance of this season. He suffered a season-ending left ACL tear in the Chargers' 28-24 win over the Vikings. The team announced it on Monday. The report and the belief is that he'll be ready for training camp next season, but that does not help the Chargers uh, this season. Um, Williams, Greg, has been, went on the field, a big-time important playmaker for this offense. He's battled injuries um, for as long as I remember him being a player with this team since coming into the league, and now he's got a big one to deal with and that leaves a big hole uh, for the Chargers. Yeah, it's sad for him. It, it's it's disappointing for the, the Chargers. He's under contract next year. I checked his cap number is like $32 million. although the salary is 17, they could They want to keep him. They probably will. They can they can fix it as, as they normally do, but he's a guy just has been too unreliable. I, I was watching this game when it happened and my immediate reaction was like, Oh, don't, you know, cause it, it came on a short throw that they're asking him to make yards after the catch on a third and long. And he, you know, battled through a couple defenders to try to get the first down. And my immediate thought was like, Oh, don't, don't put Mike Williams in that spot. Like he's just going to get injured. You know, it, it was a tough spot. And that's like a crazy way to think about your, when has your, Brandon Staley done that before? Right. Mm. Well, no, but mm. here's the thing. I was wrong, I think, because you can't think that way about it. your number one receiver that like you can't give him the ball in space to go try to break a tackle right. or two. Uh, but it just feels like that's the way Mike Williams's career has gone, that when he gets contact, whether it's with the ground or, or with opponents, like he, he just has suffered so many injuries. It's so frustrating. Like I find his career like, you know, not it's not his fault. Injuries aren't his fault, but it's just like such a test of your patience if you're a Chargers fan because you have them and it changes your offense entirely like under Kellen Moore it's like the way they were moving him around like I think it unleashed Keenan Allen too it's like one of the reasons we're seeing Keenan Allen explode like kind of late in his career this way is because of Mike Williams now it's like can Josh Palmer create um that same environment uh Quentin Johnson's like a work in progress it's like you're taking your number two guy johnson though like a similar profile player so it's yeah but they're like also someone who's like williams next year when his cap number is 32 million like he's supposed to be the guy that is the next dude um he only has i believe what three or four catches so far five catches this this year for 26 yards and i don't know like wide receivers typically in our league now hit the ground running if they if they're dogs and you kind of need Quentin Johnston here now to, to be a guy for them. There's there's no training wheels anymore. That, that stinks, though. That stinks. In other injury news, the Saints will be 
without Derek Carr, it appears, uh, in the near future. But we just don't know for how long the quarterback will be out. He has a sprain uh, right AC joint. That's like the shoulder area, throwing shoulder. Um, he did. Uh, Dennis Allen did not rule out his quarterback for Sunday's game against the Bucks, but it would be a surprise, you would think, to see him in this game. And, Mark, uh, we hear it all the time from people that – play the game that this is one of the worst kind of injuries from pain management uh, that you could play with it, but you're going to suffer playing with it. And I can't even imagine a quarterback playing with this type of injury. It happens, um, but it's not going to be pleasant whenever he does get back on the field. Now we'll see how much he misses. Yeah. I mean, he took 11 sacks already this season. So it's like in, in that world, like behind that line, like if he comes back, do you re-aggravate it? Um, are you already like less effective because of it? Um, you got Tampa coming up, the Patriots, two good, two solid defenses. Uh, I mean, Jameis Winston, who I kind of like, I would say, honestly, like a, a couple of weeks ago, I could maybe thought like Jameis, the, the higher version of Jameis Winston can be what Derek Carr is, but he's so variable. And like the early part of what we saw from him on Sunday was just sort of a disaster to the point where I was like, the Jets should trade for Jameis Winston. It's like, no, they shouldn't. And nor should anyone like let the Saints deal with this guy. Um, you, want, you got Derek Carr for a reason. They believe in him, and it's like it is a disaster in a very winnable NFC South, in an NFC South or a playoff situation in that conference in general where the Saints could sneaky win 10 or 11 games with Derek Carr, and it's like now you, you lose him for a month, um, and if Winston is a mess, it, you're in a whole different world. Yeah, when I when I watched it after what I heard, I was expecting Winston to be a disaster. He was fine. He made a, he made a couple of throws. Uh, in that game, he set them up for the game when you field goal. They didn't score any points. I'm not saying that he was great, but it wasn't any disastrous Jameis uh, appearance. I'm just a little worried about him without Sean Payton there. Um, but he is a better backup than most. And their schedule is just preposterously favorable. I know you got Tampa, who's 2-1, and, and and then at New England. You could make an argument before their Week 11 bye that at New England's the toughest game by a decent amount in their first ten games, which is just silly. If you're in, a, if you're an AFC East New England, team, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know who is it. Then is it Tampa? Is it is no. it home for Jacksonville? Maybe I don't know. It's definitely not the Colts or the Panthers or the Titans or Chicago or Minnesota. Like probably Jacksonville, and that's you know they are they are no great shape. Maybe right now like we'll we'll yeah. see. I mean, they're like the twenty seventh. Your ranked point is well right taken. Now. Yeah, I um. I like the Stevens. I think they can win games with Jameis Winston. And uh, you wouldn't want to see Carr get rushed back. That was a really disappointing uh, injury for him. And it's a reminder, like, people always say scrambling guys get hurt. Like, most of, most of these injuries come from being in the pocket. It was on a play. He's probably kicking himself. He didn't get rid of the ball, held, held on to it for a, a really long time, and took a vicious hit that they didn't call. All these, like, roughing the – Quarterback calls that they do make when they're you know when they're throwing him to the ground and landing on with body weight that was it in a nutshell and it took him out for a month and no one said anything that they didn't call a penalty on that play. And there's been issues, as Mark said, with taking sacks. And I, it was actually interesting that Dennis Allen kind of went out of his way to say, "Well, that's fair," but he said, "I think that was the one play I felt like he kind of hung on to the ball too long," which is true. Hmm. And he's gonna have to be. Yeah. And here's one thing about Derek Carr. Thanks, he coach. Is, yeah, I know. It's one He's, thing if a jerk like me is pointing it out. I, I would think I would be annoyed if Dennis Allen. Maybe unnecessary honesty there from Dennis. Um, but Derek Carr is a a, a tough SOB. Uh, I bet I would not be surprised if he's back next week. Maybe not mm. this week, but next week. And then it's just about pain tolerance, they say. I just get the feeling that's the kind of competitor he is. And we'll see if he can play the guitar with a bad wing. Um, let's uh, look at other quarterback situations this one in in vegas where Derek carr left and was replaced by jimmy garoppolo sunday night football he takes a, some a few uh nasty shots in that game he finished the game he actually threw an interception on the last pass of the game in desperation um and then on monday uh, went into the uh, concussion protocol and that is not a good thing josh mcdaniels raiders head coach um, so they're not sure when the injury occurred. There was nothing ever mentioned, Vic, uh, you know, or talked about relative to that. I'm not even sure what, you know, what, when, you know, what hit or, you know, if it was just accumulation of, I have no idea. Um, 
you know, there was never a conversation about that, you know, so I'm not, I'm not sure exactly. And I haven't seen him yet this morning, so I'm not exactly sure when it, when it took place or if it was just a culmination Thanks, of coach. things. <laughs> I mean, there was a, well, that a, answer cracks me up. It was like, just like a man kind of like shriveling and getting smaller and smaller by the minute to do everything he can to not answer it. <laughs> it's really What's well said. I mean, I mean, there was a major play in the game where Minka Fitzpatrick hit him in the head with his helmet, and uh, his helmet bounced off the ground on that play. And it, it does go to show, like that, that wasn't spotted. It wasn't really talked about on the broadcast. I didn't think twice about it watching it, but it's like, yeah, he was speared in the helmet by another helmet, and this shows how. I don't know. This the system is is not working perfectly for for these quarterbacks' health that he played the rest of this game. He seems to get banged up um, at one point in every game where you think his season is over, and then he returns. Uh, it's like they showed him late in the game on the sideline, um, and I know he's a handsome person, so it's, it wasn't. A, I'm not speaking about his looks, but he looked clear-eyed. He looked with it. And so when I read this, I was just kind of like, "When did this happen?" And like, what? I mean, he, like, I, I don't know. Like, how do you spot this stuff if if it is sort of the kind of thing where it's like there wasn't a crystal clear moment where, as you know. He suddenly afterward appeared like a completely different human being. We've seen that, but I didn't see it with Jimmy G in the Steelers game. There is something about Jimmy G, by the way, though. It just seems like you're right. There is that moment for him every game. And then it also seems like he's getting his receivers hit because like the ball takes forever to get there and it's over the middle and just like just feels like there's a bunch of car crashes on the Raiders offense all the time. People are in the backfield blowing up Josh Jacobs. It just looks like a walking injury waiting to happen in the Raiders offense. I mean, you thought the ball was hanging up with uh, Jimmy G throwing spirals. Just wait until it's time for Brian Hoyer Ooh. in 2023. What about a little Aiden O'Connell? I mean, I, I, I think that could add a little energy to an offense that put me to sleep almost a night ago. Who do the Raiders got this week? I, I should be more prepared than this. Let's look. Ooh, the Chargers might get a little bit of a break for once in their lives. Hmm. Uh, in other news, oh boy, Greggy, the Stadies are after J.C. Jackson, who, while a member of the Chargers cornerback, while a member of the New England Patriots, he got ticketed for going 100 miles per hour on Route 1 in South Attleboro, Massachusetts, and uh, he never paid the fine, $600 fine, never took the class. Uh, so what happens? Uh, the Stadies in the state of Massachusetts say, oh, we're going to throw a warrant out for this guy's arrest. And when that came to light, uh, he was made uh, inactive uh, for the Chargers' first win of the season over the Vikings yesterday. Uh, Brandon Staley said later Monday that the move was unrelated to the warrant. Uh, I, you know what? I don't know what's going on here. Does anybody know? Is, this, <laughs> I, is it I, about I the warrant or not? I would agree with Staley. I, you know, we got this text in our text thread i was driving I, I believe at the time i got in and our guy big funk gave us some good breaking news and i said oh that makes sense why he was inactive i had not clicked on the link yet when i found out it was like a 600 dollars fine from for the traffic i was like this probably is unrelated to the to the healthy scratch i don't think uh i don't think they're benching him for that but it's been um it's been a bad <laughs> 18 months for jc jackson <laughs> since he signed that contract. I mean, life-changing money, but the injury and just healthy scratch, it's just, it's so just like, been why a tough I, signing. I'm reading this article. Maybe my mistake was I should have been on NFL.com, but I'm reading this ESPN article. The headline is worn out <laughs> for Chargers J.C. Jackson over $600 fine, comma, class. And that has nothing to do with why he was inactive for the game. Why am I even talking about this then? Why are we talking about this? I'm with you. Like, he, uh, he, was, he was meant to complete... A, I guess a driving or traffic or something type class called Brains at Risk, um, which he decided he didn't want to take. That's why. Mark's he didn't want to take Brains info. at Risk. He didn't want to take Brains at Risk never, the program. That would have, I think, wiped out the back. fine. Like the listeners, they could fast forward through this. We can't. He, he, was, the he was the highest paid uh, free agent a, a year ago. This is just sort of a. But, Greggy, then why was. Cap. The, what's the story then? Because if the story isn't what happened in Massachusetts in 2021. Mm. then if we're going to be talking about this, I need to know why he was inactive. Because mm. right now we're, what, what we've done here in the media is we've smashed together two perhaps unrelated situations. Yeah. That have it's been sort of like JC Jackson's in the air. So this got a little extra uh, pop. And I think it's good as a reminder, 
don't be driving 100 miles an hour. And uh, if you get it, you got to show up for the class. That's uh, why we did this story. Is important. It's a, yeah, it's a yes. service for, you know, whether you're in England uh, or, or in the States, you don't need to be going 100 miles an hour if they even have right. them on 100 miles an hour and in if, England. And if you must it. go 100 miles per hour, wear a seatbelt. Wear the that's safety you. belt. That's you. Um, speaking of scary stuff and safety belts, but it's not going to save you. That's the other thing. When you're on a plane and they're like, oh, here's, here's the buckle. You know, here's the mask that you're going to put on. Here's oh, by heads up. Your seat's a flotation device. No. If this if this ends in the way we don't want it to end, it's over, Johnny. We gone. <laughs> and no seatbelt is going to save you. Uh, you know, well, maybe maybe it's a bumpy landing. It, whatever. Don't don't come for me. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers charter plane from Las Vegas made it an emergency landing in Kansas City early Monday morning. A Steelers spokesperson posted on social media that everyone on the plane is fine and that the team is, quote, making necessary plans to arrive back in Pittsburgh later today. I'm sure they are there by now. Um, this is where this freaks me out a little bit. Um, it landed at 3.55 a.m. Central because of oil pressure failure in one of the engines. No, thank you. No, I'll take the Madden bus. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah, I think this, this is, is you... tied to a sandwich prop that I had a couple years ago. Obviously not an active prop, but um, came close. This is where you find out a lot about your teammates. Like, there is one guy that just made this experience, I bet, better for everyone by his good attitude, maybe some jokes and whatnot. But there's also one guy in that just that just won't stop complaining and or just made it worse like the whole time like you, you landed at four everyone's unhappy and he just won't shut up about it because you're still there eight hours later no one's happy but there's one person right. i bet on that team that they're the rest of them are whispering about being just like okay can you just give it a rest we get it just we're chill, all in the bro. same situation he's probably the guy that's screaming we're all gonna die like and, and the <laughs> pilot's on like hey you know we got like multiple engines here so we're gonna be fine but we're just gonna take this down and he won't stop screaming that everyone's done um, anyway, the Steelers are okay, but that that's never that's never good. So, emergency landings bad. Um, in other news, also bad. You don't hit a guy in the junk. You just don't do it. I don't. There's no reason, uh, unless there's a uh, your your life is on the line uh, or some other scenario to hit someone in the private parts. And uh, that, according to Sauce Gardner of the Jets, is what Mac Jones did to him. Uh, during Sunday's 15-10 Patriots win at MetLife Stadium. Um, Sauce responded by th like pushing Mac Jones, who um, then theatrically flung himself backwards, did not get the flag he was looking for. And then Sauce sent out a video uh, saying, hey, look, just NFL realize before you find me for pushing your beloved quarterback, um, this guy tapped me in the nards. Uh, here is Sauce Gardner uh, when asked about it on Monday. He, I got tackled, and he reached his hand up to try to like get me to help him up, and I just like moved his hand out the way. So then he get up, he just come up to me like, "Good job." But while he's saying that, he hit me in my he hit me in my private part. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like I didn't react how I really wanted to, but that was just like the reaction that came after that, but I definitely wasn't expecting that. First time, you know, it's the first time for everything, I guess. I don't know, man. Uh, also, he, he he almost said the D word and he stopped himself. So it wasn't the Nards. It was the other thing, which is interesting. Good job, Sauce. Yeah, well, you're probably, like, wearing a cup in general, so it's like kind of all – it is all in one central area. But um, I don't know. It's like another little tiny chapter in the Mac Jones – might be slightly annoying. Like uh, there was some stuff that bubbled up last year, and it's like, really? Like I can't remember the last time. If it was like, you know, we have the Nadamik and Sue's adventures from years past, but like, uh, you know, how many quarterbacks have been tagged with this accusation? Um, yeah, it's even, so specific that I believe it from Sauce Gardner. Yeah, even like the way he walked up to the podium when he got drafted, there's just something a little something about Mac. And it's so funny because Patriots fans today are all just like, Oh, he's just got this dirty reputation. This was nothing. People just get in their corners. It's like, well, first of all, it's not that serious that you need to like feel like you're defending a political party. 
but the second is I find Sauce's explanation pretty convincing. And even the video where it's like people are like, you can't really see anything. It's like, well, you can kind of see that it looks like a game of little tap. And Sauce oh. wasn't taking it too seriously either, but look, it looks like a game of little tap. Everyone knows he did it. Right. And it's, it's like the, the way Sauce said it, done... I fully believe Sauce Garden. Right. <laughs> it's not the first time that, that Mac Jones has done kind of questionable, like um, wrestling heel type moves. I I likened him on Twitter today to like a, like the bad guy jock in the 80s movie who's just kind of a bully and a jerk and underhanded and gets his in the end. I kind of think that's probably how Mac Jones's NFL career will play out in general. Um but uh, at the same time, I can't. I mean, he's a dirtbag, but you know that's not the worst thing. It's good to have a, a like a you know like a little uh, treacherous heel yes. playing quarterback. Like it's it's fine. It's good to have a couple of those guys. I think it's good. It's a he's like a character actor in the NFL at the quarterback position. The character he plays is a dirtbag, um, and that's fine. That's good. And Patriots fans just own it too. Like you know, he's a dirtbag. You know, he did it. It's just funny because it's, it's the just Patriots like it is, of all teams. Him. It just seems it's like he's made it just as crazy. It's the Patriots. And it's not like he had took a full swinging kick to the groin. It was like a totally ridiculous thing to do in the situation. This little tap walking by. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? I'm not sure there's I mean, yeah, a, like a severe kick would be to a different degree. But the entire concept is in a really rough place to begin with. Like it's whether it's a that, tap or a it's kick. It's preposterous. But it wasn't. Did it? Yeah. Didn't it's he do that last like year where he a did a, guy, yeah. a QB slide with like his foot up trying to hit a guy's nards? Like he, I mean, I don't know. He, he fights dirty and uh, you just don't see that at the quarterback position. It's like the glamour position, but there's nothing glamorous about Mac Jones. And maybe it's just like, maybe you can respect it because he, he's there's a lot of pluck there. Like he'll do what it takes. He's that guy that in the fight, like he'll guide, he'll, he'll gouge your eyeball out if he has to. He, he, he does not care. He'll use the broken bottle. He'll do anything he could do to get away with it and win. He's a real patriot. <laughs> He's a great. That's I mean, this is, this is like a great symbol of, of the post Tom Brady era Patriots. Like, hey, we might be, be mediocre, but we'll tap your uh, dick on the way by. It's like, what the, <laughs> what's going on? He's kind of a Dan Campbell kind of guy. Like Campbell would be like, yeah, that's that's what when Campbell talks about, oh, we'll bite your kneecaps off. You'll do anything to win, even if it's underhanded that you that's a competitor that you like. I bet if you ask Dan Campbell about this, he'd be like, that's I'm totally cool with it. All right. Right. Up finally. In um, other Patriots news, Bill Belichick was on the Greg Hill show on WEEI in Boston and he was asked, and I I got a kick out of this because it's just funny, like imagining Bill Belichick is like a, a real person who has takes, like what are his thoughts? Like does he find Taylor Swift physically attractive, for instance? Oh, yeah, hubba hubba, Bill likes him some Taylor because this is what he had to say about the reports and, and almost the confirmation that Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are now an item dish sister where do you fall on that <laughs> travis kelsey taylor swift power couple in the nfl travis kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career <laughs> this would be the biggest <laughs> now i don't want to get into bill's personal business but he's had he had a very public long-term girlfriend linda holiday and i think that relationship ran its course uh this year um that means bill's single ready to mingle and maybe this is his i'm just throwing this out there as a theory that he knows that the Swift uh, Kelsey romance is probably more a fling than a serious. And now he's let be known his thoughts about Taylor Swift in terms of what she is, uh, in terms of like where she stacks up as a romantic partner, which apparently to Bill Belichick is very high. This is a disturbing uh, theory. <laughs> I did not see you taking it in this direction. And but I, like um, it checks out. Like he's I don't saying think she's it. a great catch. The greatest catch he ever made. This is a one of the greatest tight ends who's ever lived. Did he pre-write that though? Because that was a is a pretty good line. If if did he know the question was coming and mentally had that ready? This is pretty good, good. question. Even if let's he had, listen, I, let's I'm, listen I like and it. watch again because you could see maybe are his gears turning where he's looking to recite, or does it seem like it's just rolling off his tongue? Let's let's watch again. Where do you fall on that? <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, power couple in the NFL. Travis Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. <laughs> this would be the biggest. 
So it so it feels um, it does feel like he's operating almost off like a cue card or a mental cue card. But I am on trying to imagine a world where Bill Belichick agreed to go into any media situation with a pre-planned answer to something playful and jovial. No, he just true. looks jovial like that. It just doesn't seem like Bill Belichick would do any of that work. Um, I thought it was. I, I, I'm taking this whole Taylor Swift thing and being like. I'm kind of buying it at face value. Like I, this, I got up super early this morning and watched like Travis Kelsey's like SNL appearance, and I was like, these two <laughs> wow. kind of like fit together. They just fit together. Like I kind of think mm. this is great. And I, I know there's some. Is it real? Is it not real? Like so I, I heard people saying they didn't think that was actually Travis Kelsey leaving the locker room with her. That's that is an idiot's commentary. Um, it they are. I we think we found that, a conspiracy theory. Mark doesn't believe in. I don't believe in plenty of them, and that's definitely one of them. It's like I just think that like there's something about the way she operated up in that suite with the mom. Where I was like, I kind of buy this. I think she, I think they dig each other, and I think that you've got Jason Kelsey kind of confirming it verbally too at different t- points in time, and it's like the whole family seems kind of excited about. So I don't know. Mm. I want to believe in it. I think I think Bill's with you, and uh, I think Bill just he just loves love. Uh, and I think he just loves beating the New York Jets. He's never in a better mood than the 24 <laughs> hours after beating the New York Jets. I'm not even joking. I have noticed this. He's just—it's just true. Watch his press conference yesterday. He was glowing. They're like—they're like one and two, and could barely do anything in that game. And he—he he was like, "Tell me about over it." Over the moon. You know what's worse than the getting beat all the time by Tom Brady's Patriots? It's getting beat by the Patriots when they stink. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good team. But they still win. And Taylor Swift had that, has that song, Cardigan. And when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed, you put me on and said I was your favorite. Imagine. Imagine the next T-Swift tour. And she changes the lyrics to Sleeveless Hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Scare. I'm telling you, Bill put his hat in the ring with that comment. Oh, she's into jocks. All right. I'm the greatest coach of all time. See what she thinks about that. You say it's disturbing. I say he's a man. No, he, no. I mean, he might he's need to fend off Andy Reid. You know, before. Yes, yes before it's almost like a, we. Sometimes I think she has Bill a Belichick. say in this. She has it's, a say in this equation. What do you mean she has a say? I'm not saying, saying that 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 now she must be with Bill Belichick. I'm saying sometimes we view these larger than life legendary NFL figures is almost like human statues and not men of flesh and blood that have feelings and desires. And I think Bill is Bill's in the ring. Hey, I mean, I'd anyone... say that we've been to enough combines and owners meetings to understand that many of these coaches are flesh and blood and have desires. I would just say from a distance, that's <laughs> overtly, con- that's very, that's verified. <laughs> yeah. All right. We should move on from the story because no, I think we Greg should, is. This the should most be the way we guys. we wrap up every ATN after dark Monday night is with a story just like this. It's just like talking about, just talking about Bill's like single life. The town I live in, the, like the singles bar, is the Purple Orchid, and uh, just imagining Bill belly up at the bar getting a rum. Did you watch the game on Monday? Surveying the scene. Hey, look, there was a time. Uh, and Mark might remember this, where he was on the wrong side of the New York tabloids for some stories. Went back absolutely when he was with the Giants that he was not appreciating that sort of coverage. But that was that was a much younger <laughs> Bill Belichick. Yeah, this would not be a new concept to Bill Belichick, according to the tabloid reports from back then. He's a man of flesh and blood and desire. Um, all right, that's what's happening in the news. If you like um, celebrations. Of all-time NFL moments, head over to NFL Plus, where Greg and I broke down the Dolphins' complete dismantling of the Broncos, 70-20, to uh, down in Miami Gardens on Sunday. We did our game of the week on the Dolphins, just studying all the madness and all the, the trickery and the precision uh, on display in that all-time effort by the Dolphins offense. So check out NFL Plus, uh, our game of the week, Dolphins v. Broncos. Um, we will be back on Wednesday with Connie Fox, and uh, the wheel keeps turning.
Anything else? That's it. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday. And until Wednesday, his hat's in the ring. His hat's in the ring. Heed the call. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com.